Last night's loss to the Vancouver Canucks gives Nashville four points out of eight in the Western Canada road trip. Mark Howard and I are going to dive into Monday night's loss against the Canucks. Plus, I'm going to ask Mark when the tipping point is on when David Poyle could decide to buy or sell. And it's coming up rather quickly in the next week. And eight of the next ten are at home. We're going to take a look at what is coming up around the corner for the Nashville Predators, what contributors could be joining them from the Milwaukee Admirals, and the most likely trade candidates as the trade deadline approaches. It's episode number nine of the Smashcast, and it starts now. In-depth coverage of the Nashville Predators in a 104.5 The Zone digital exclusive. This is the Smashcast with Will Bowling and Mark Howard. So here we go for episode number nine of the Smashcast alongside Mark Howard. I'm Will Bowling. After uh, a late night watching the Nashville Predators, we are here on a Tuesday morning breaking down the Western Canada road trip. Uh, as the Predators are back for eight of their next ten at home, including uh, three this week uh, that are going to be big going into next week. So, Mark, let's jump right into it with last night's game against Vancouver. Predators get down 4 nothing, with, granted, some some pretty bad breaks, some unfortunate bounces. Uh, they get back in the game at 4-2 to two and then give up uh, another power play goal. They end up falling 6-2 to two last night, uh, and Vancouver ends up... 10 for 13. They were 10 for 11 at one point, but they end up 10 for 13 on the power play against the Nashville Predators this year. Simply an inexcusable stat uh, against anybody, uh, but really kind of sums up uh, a lot of the issues the Nashville Predators have had this year, really just in that one game last night. Well, uh, you know, last night they got worked in the first period when they got down 3-0. And, you know, when it was 4-0 and they pulled Pekka, you know, you could see John Hines pretty much tell him, you know, this had nothing to do with you. He's just trying to change the energy. And Hines also, you know, for the most part, uh, sat his number one line uh, in, the, uh, in the second and a lot of the third period uh, of Johansson, uh, Forsberg, and Duchesne. That's $22 million uh, with collectively uh, about 10 minutes each of ice time last night. And he's trying to make a statement, and that is, if you come out here and don't compete, you're not going to play. And I think that that's important, especially for a new coach. Uh, you know, if these guys think they're going to get away with that, there are going to be consequences. And I thought he made a statement last night with that. And that really stuck out to me watching the game last night. I'm sitting there trying to get ready to, to talk about this this morning and kind of analyze the, the Western Canada road trip as a whole. Uh, and the thing I wrote down specifically, not much 92 and not much 95. Um, and in the second period specifically, that's when John Hines really started to send that message even more after that first period and how bad that was down 3 nothing. Um, this was the ice time in the second period for those three guys. Philip Forsberg, three shifts at 2 minutes 37 seconds on the ice. Ryan Johansson, four shifts for 2 minutes and 58 seconds. And Matt Duchesne, just three shifts for 91 seconds. Now, Mark, a a lot of the people I think that are complaining about this didn't watch the game last night because the second period was far and away the best the Nashville Predators looked last night. Uh, And I counted watching this game. They were stoned just point blank on four 
breakaways in the second period. It, it easily could have been at least a tie hockey game after two periods of play in Vancouver last night. So it's interesting to me seeing the complaints on social media, seeing the backlash to John Hines about sitting these guys when in all reality, it, it might have been really working better than anything else they tried last night. Oh, again, it's uh, how much do you want to compete? And Grimaldi uh, started it uh, with, with a point-blank chance. Uh, he was stymied by Markstrom and then uh, Craig Smith and then Arvey. Uh, I, I forgot who the fourth one was. But my point is, is that John Hines is trying to wake his team up. You know, he's not trying to lose the game. I think he pretty much knows uh, their stats. You know, he knows the back of their hockey cards. The point is, he was trying to send his team a message, uh, as I said before. If you don't come out here and compete, then you're not going to play. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how much you're making. So believe me, uh, I, I don't think uh, he got any scrutiny, you know, maybe you know, inside the team or from his boss, David Poyle. This was something that had to be done. And, you know, for a second there, we thought maybe it worked. Uh, when they got to within four to two, and they they got those boatload of chances, but has been, but as is the case with the Predators most of this season, you know you you know you get the good, but you got to take the bad, and the bad was two ensuing goals that pretty much deflated them, and it was a uh, game over. So if there is a positive coming out of last night, it's that at least the two goal scorers are the guys that you're likely going to be shopping for the next couple weeks, and that's. Uh, Craig Smith and Mikhail Granlund. Um, we talked about their status last week. I, I asked whether or not that helps the Predators maybe re-sign one of those guys or keep them or if that maybe helps their trade value, and your answer was yes. Uh, so it's probably still early to know at this point, but uh, we're going to reach a tipping point eventually uh, of a point when David Poyle has to decide, am I a buyer or am I a seller? And we're talking off the air. You think that's coming up soon. I think it's coming up Monday. I think uh, they've got the game at home against the Islanders Thursday, and then they have the back-to-back games uh, Sunday or Saturday and Sunday uh, at the Blues and home. And I think by Monday, David Poyle's going to know pretty much if he's going to be a buyer or a seller. There are only six more games to the trade deadline anyway, and even though the the Predators have a bunch of home games coming up, if you look at their splits, that's not necessarily a good sign. The other thing is, to sort of put this into perspective, if the Preds had won the game at Edmonton, which they should have, we would, we'd be having a different conversation. This would be the stinker uh, of the four games on the road trip, and they would have come away with five or six points, and everything would have been a lot better. But they lost that game Saturday to Edmonton, and they came out uh, you know, last night just not ready to play. I mean, it's as simple as that. Vancouver kept getting traffic to the net. The Preds, you know, showed no pushback. And Pecorine was kind of a, was kind of victimized on those four goals, really not seeing it. You know, they, they took his eyes away. Uh, and, and when you start, uh, you know, shooting with those screens, the shooter has a huge advantage. And the Canucks got four goals out of it. Yeah, I want to get into that Edmonton game as well, because when we talked last week uh, and I asked you what you thought uh, a a successful point total would be from this road trip. Uh, you said five or six. That was still within uh, a question last night. They still had a chance to get to that point by just getting a point or two. Uh, they come up with four out of eight uh, on this road trip. 
but the Edmonton game really got away from them late, and you're up 2-0 at the, nearing the end of the second period. You give up that crucial goal at the end of the second uh, to allow Edmonton to really get back yeah, in it and Turris make things kicks closer. It in. Absolutely. Um, but I, I thought the Predators caught some really bad breaks late in that game. I thought the embellishment call against Mikhail Granlin uh, was a suspect at best, and quite frankly, I think it's a terrible rule anyway. Uh, like a lot of hockey fans, I hate that you can be penalized and have embellishment in the same play. Um, but the sobering reality for this Predators team right now is the way they played over the first half, they cannot afford to just blame it on bad breaks because at this point, you've got to start winning games and keep pressing. That way the breaks go your way. And uh, it, you could really say that with some of the bounces they got last night, in some ways it's two nights in a row uh, where the Predators really did not have luck or uh, the puck luck, as you would say, really going in their favor. Yeah, and, you know, again, uh, that's more of a crutch than anything else. Yeah, it, it They didn't have is. puck luck last night, but they got outplayed. Uh, there's really not much question about that, especially in, in a critical first period. But, yeah, yeah, they did. They, they were uh, on the wrong end of two calls uh, Saturday at Edmonton that really flipped the game. And once again, their penalty kill gets victimized. You know, just after, you know, the first two games of the road trip, their PK looked pretty good. Uh, but uh, that that went sideways at Edmonton and was bad again uh, last night in Vancouver. Or, you know, we can refer to it as uh, Monday night in Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. But whatever the case, uh, the, the same old stuff crops up with this team. Uh, they've, they're still struggling on special teams, though, though. They had, you know, they had some success on the power play on this road trip, and it was the same goal twice. Uh, Craig yeah. Smith just being around. I mean, literally, you you could play that back, and it's the exact same goal in Edmonton as it was Vancouver. Just Craig Smith being around the net and and shoveling it in. Um, it, kind of going deeper on that, it, is that an issue for this team? Of uh, nobody's really seeming to be willing to stand in front of the net, make the dirty physical plays. Um, uh, like a Brian Boyle would and his cup of coffee here with the Nashville Predators. It, do you see that as kind of a gap in this lineup uh, in not really having a guy willing to do the dirty work in front of the net? Well, Grantland has sort of been that guy over the past 10 games. So I, I, I don't know if that's as much a deficiency. You know, they're still not getting uh, a lot of offensive zone time. You know, it's one and done, and then you, and then you go the other way. Uh, and, and again, it's it's winning puck battles, it's extending time in the offensive zone. You know, it's a lot of things. It is you know more you know more guys in front of the net. It's more driving to the net. And the way this team has gone with Hines as opposed to uh, to Peter Laviolette is Peter Laviolette always felt like there was no such thing as a bad shot. This team is a little more economical, and they will take the better shot and and, and pass up. You know other shots. Uh, you know for a better for a better look. So I don't have a problem with that. Uh, but you know once again they've got to be better on special teams. They haven't, uh, and that has certainly hurt them. You could even make the point on top of that. They've got to be more disciplined, given the fact that they're not good yeah, on special teams. Yeah, you can't go. You, you can't. Uh, there can't be a conga line uh, to the penalty box. The other thing, well, that that you know we got to look at is yesterday was sort of a good day for David Poyle, not only because his alma mater, uh, Northeastern, won the Beanpot Tournament for the third year in a row, uh, but 
the take that Minnesota got for Jason Zucker, uh, a similar player maybe to Grantland and Craig Smith uh, from the from the Penguins, where they've got where they got Alex Galchenyuk, who who's an expensive contract who just hasn't played well in Pittsburgh, but also a promising young defenseman and a second round draft pick. And I think David uh, can arm himself to the teeth uh, at, at the draft uh, this coming year. Uh, if he decides to be a seller, they've already got the Devils' second-round pick, which is almost like a first. They have the Minnesota Wilds' third-round pick from the Fiala uh, Grantland trade from last year. Uh, so David has some some draft assets, and I think he's going to want to add to that. And he's got an opportunity here. Uh, there there are a lot of teams in contention. There aren't a lot of buyers, which is good because that drives the price up. And I'm sure David's David's going to do to them what they did to him a lot of years, and that is hold them for ransom at the trade deadline. And hopefully, if the situation presents itself, he can get maximum value for these guys. Obviously, the three big trade candidates we've discussed at length on this show, uh, the two goal scorers from last night, Mikhail Granlin and Craig Smith, uh, and also Nick Benino, who's getting closer and closer to his career high uh, in goals this season. All those guys in contract years. Out of those three guys, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, who do you think is the most likely to be moved out of that trio? Well, if they decide to sell, I think Grantland is the most uh, coveted asset because I think a lot of people look at him and say, well, he hasn't been a good fit in Nashville, but he was a 70-point player in Minnesota. Now, we're starting to see a little bit of that now, and it's funny because when he when he came to the Predators, he was known as a playmaking forward. He's been more of a goal scorer here. Uh, but you know, maybe David is reluctant to trade Grantland. Maybe the, the Preds are close enough to the playoff line that he'll just say, okay, he's my rental, and he trades Craig Smith, who might be second in line. You, know, but you trade Benino, you trade a really valuable guy off the roster. And then there are the defensemen. I mean, everybody's looking for a spare defenseman. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, right now, Dan Hamhuis could be had, Yannick Weber, Matt Irwin. You know, you're talking about third-pairing defensemen, but some teams, you know, covet those guys. The Preds have some, you know, good defensemen uh, in Milwaukee. We still haven't seen Jeremy Davies. Uh, hopefully we'll see him. He came over in the uh, Subban trade. Alexander Carrier is having a good year in Milwaukee. Uh, and, you know, we'll see what happens with David Ferentz, uh, you know, who's a defenseman at Boston University, Preds property, uh, a kid who could come to the NHL after his college season is over. He's a junior. He's also leading the country uh, uh, in scoring for defensemen uh, among collegians. Uh, so, you know, that's that's someone who's having a great year and might be worth a look. So, yeah, I mean, the Preds could have a lot of options, even if they make a few deals. So my hesitation with moving a guy like Granlin would be his uptick in performance and in scoring since John Hines took over. Um, and so that kind of, I think, raises the question for me, how does the coaching change maybe change David Poyle's strategy here? Because if Mikhail Granlin was just starting to uh, to put in more effort, start playing better with Peter Laviolette still as the coach, I'm thinking, well under this system we can still see earlier this season and late last year how much it didn't really work out for him 
But do you maybe use him as a foundational piece moving forward, understanding how well he's fit with John Hines and how much better he's played under a new coaching staff? I don't know if that's realistic because he's got a, he's on an expiring contract. And the truth of the matter is they could trade him and they could sign him again in the offseason sure. if they like him that much. And they could tell him, they go, listen, we're trading you because we're not going to be in the playoffs. And you'll have an opportunity maybe to win a Stanley Cup. But uh, we might be interested, uh, you know, next summer uh, when free agency starts. So big one on Thursday for Nashville against the New York Islanders. Uh, We'll get you ready with all the trade deadline topics next week as well uh, as we go into double digits uh, on episode 10 next week here on the Smashcast. But, uh, Mark, we appreciate the time. We'll dive into uh, some more next week and – uh, who knows, maybe we'll have some uh, some trades to talk about next week on our 10th right, uh, well. episode. So that's all we've got for episode number nine. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. And you can find this show as well uh, on 1045thezone.com and on the Wake Up Zone podcast feed. But if you're listening on the Wake Up Zone podcast feed and you're looking specifically for Predators content from us here at 1045thezone, Go ahead and find the Smashcast on Google Play, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, uh, and make sure you're subscribed there. These will instantly download to your smart device uh, as soon as a new episode is posted. Likely going to be recording next Monday once again as the Predators get back in action here at home this weekend. Uh, We'll see you in the stone Thursday night as the Predators host Barry Trotz and the Islanders. We will talk to you next week. Here on the Smashcast, episode 10, talking trade deadline, coming up next week.